Welcome to the LeanZone.com podcast, where we discuss construction contracts, liens, and bonds. And now, our host, Alex Barthet. Okay, so let's talk about getting paid with payment bond claims. So, a payment bond secures your right to be paid on a project where you are a subcontractor or below. Um, if you're a general contractor and it's your bond, you can't make a claim on your own bond. Um, so your right to get paid as a bonded prime contractor is to sue the owner um, for payment. But if you have, uh, if you're a subcontractor, sub-sub or material supplier, you can make a claim on the contractor's payment bond. Um, if it's done right, then your uh, claim, even if it's private property, if the job is bonded, you don't have a lien right on the property. Your right is against the contractor's payment bond. Now, the reason there's the little asterisk there is the same reason there was an asterisk before. This is what's called an unconditional payment bond. If you are doing work on a private job and the bond is what's called a conditional payment bond, then you need to follow both tracks of both leaning the property and making a claim against the payment bond. You do them, you do them simultaneously. But if the, if the project is bonded with what's called an unconditional payment bond, then your claim is limited to a claim on the payment bond. Now, we have clients come to us and they say, I want to piss off as many people as I can. <laughs> Alex, please file a lien and send a notice of non-payment, even though the job has uh, got an unconditional payment bond. So it's not that you can't do it. It's just that your true protection is not in the lien. It's against the payment bond, assuming the owner has done everything they needed to do correctly. Um, how do you know if a job is bonded on a private job? Uh, reference to that bond should be made in the notice of commencement. When you use a notice to owner company, they will do all of this research for you, and they will send the notice to the right people. And if it's bonded, they will take care of the notices to the bond. If it's private, they'll take care of the notices to the private folks. Uh, but if you are curious, you can ask your notice company um, to send you a copy of the notice of commencement, and then you can see if the job is bonded or not. Okay, so what is the first step that you have to do if you are going to assert a claim against a payment bond? Step one, you need to send what's called a notice to contractor. Now, if you use a notice company, they use a form that's called a combined form, and the title of that form is notice to owner, slash notice to contractor. So with one form, they handle both notices for private and public work, um, bonded and non-bonded jobs with one document. Um, but if you're doing it yourself, the document you send is not a notice to owner. It's called a notice to contractor. Yes. Absolutely. I'll send them to, and then she can send them to everybody. No problem. So. You need to send this notice to contractor only if you are not in privity, meaning not in contract with the bonded contractor. So this goes back to your question. If you have a contract or will have a contract with a bonded contractor, you don't need to send your preliminary notice. Not required. And you still have rights against the contractor's payment bond. You should still do it, and the time frame you should use is 
after you sign the contract or no later than 45 days from when you start work on the job. So in your example, you haven't signed a contract, but you're out there working? I will be. Right. So when you start working, then now your 45 days is running. So that's when you need to send the notice. But again, you don't have to. Um, so if you're a subcontractor to a bonded contractor, you don't need to send this notice, but you should still do it. If you're a sub-sub or a material supplier to a sub, you need to send this notice to contractor no later than 45 days from your first work on the job. Um, now, if you don't know the job is bonded, your 45 days doesn't start to run. Now, you can't bury your head in the sand and not want to know if the job is bonded, but we had a client who uh, was a mason and he did work on a public project down in Homestead. Um, the bonded contractor never recorded a copy of the bond, so no one knew the job was bonded. My client was a sub-subcontractor, so he needed to send this preliminary notice to have a claim against the bonded contractor's payment bond. Uh, the person we contracted with filed for bankruptcy, so our only recourse was against the bonded contractor. He came to us and he said, we screwed up in my office, we never sent the notice to owner um, or notice to contractor. We did some research, we did find that the contractor had a bond. He had finished the work about 60 days ago. So the first thing we did is we sent the notice to contractor. The next day we sent the notice of non-payment, which is the next thing you have to do. And then the day after that, we filed our lawsuit on the bond uh, he was owed about $100,000, and he was, we, we got him paid all of his money plus his legal fees. Now, he walked into our office thinking he was done. He had lost it. He didn't do what he needed to do. That's an example of an exception where he thought he needed to do something, and he didn't, and we were successful in getting him paid. This episode is brought to you by the Miami Construction Forum. This invitation-only group of construction professionals of all sizes and trades meets monthly for an informal lunch and learn session on current topics of interest, from getting paid and safety to bonding and insurance. To see the upcoming topics and request your invitation, visit MiamiConstructionForum.com. The, the, the thing you have to remember is, especially with the lien law and the bond law, never say die. You know, just like there may be an exception that could kill you, there's another, there, there may be another exception that can breathe life into your claim that you think no longer exists. So because the contractor didn't record a copy of the bond and he didn't have any reason to know about its existence, he was able to send the notice to, to contractor, the preliminary notice, well after he started the job. So the last step in making a claim on a payment bond is to file suit. Now, you need to file a lawsuit to foreclose on your uh, claim on the bond, and there are ways to extend this on public jobs. But it is uh, one year from your last work. Now, remember, I told you on a lien, it's one year from the recording date of the claim of lien. So you have a potential swing of up to 90 days between how late you can sue on a job where you have lien rights versus how late you can sue for a job you have a claim on a payment bond. Um, We've had clients that have lost rights thinking that it was 90 days, sorry, it was one year from their notice of non-payment. That is not a rule. It's not, 90, it's not one year from your notice of non-payment. It's one year from your last work. So if you have to remember one rule of when to file suit, 
remember one year from your last work because that's the earlier of the two dates so you'll never make a mistake but I will tell you that unless you have a good business reason to be waiting that long you know uh, accounts receivables are not like wine they are not getting better <laughs> as you wait if you are owed money um, our typical advice to, to uh, a client is at about day 60 from the time you've finished your last work on the job, you should be well underway at preparing your lien or asserting your notice of non-payment. Because that gives you some time before the 90 days expires. So that's number one. Number two, you file your lien and it gets served. You send your notice of non-payment. And another 30, 60, 90 days go by and you still haven't been paid. Now, by the way, I don't mean just send it out and do nothing. You know, Someone in your office should be hassling whoever it is that needs to write the check to make sure, did you get it? What's next? Uh, you know, do you need any other documents? When are we going to get paid? But come, you know, call it 60 days from the time you've recorded your lien or sent your notice of non-payment. You, if you still haven't been paid, um, unless you have a business reason to wait, I would suggest that that's when you go to the next step, which is potentially hiring a lawyer, having them send a letter saying we represent you and pay us or else um, and possibly filing a lawsuit depending on how much you want to press the issue but uh, as your example suggested until you put your foot down um, you know it's just a it's just another number on a piece of paper and they'll deal with something that's more important than you so you have to keep ratcheting up the pressure to try to get paid um, uh, and Again, just waiting until the expiration or close to the expiration of your rights is not a way to do it. I mean, especially running a business, you need that cash flow to keep going. So you should be shaking the trees all the time to get paid. Thanks for listening to the LeanZone.com podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or in your favorite podcast app. For articles, videos, and forms on this and other construction topics, Head over to theleanzone.com.